What if we told you there was an alternative to Amazon? Not Flipkart or Snapdeal, but a whole different competitor. And what if we told you that this same alternative was also a competitor to Uber and Swiggy and Oyo and basically any e-commerce company that you can think of? Now, what if we told you that the competitor was the Indian government? That's right. The Indian government has proposed an open and interoperable network for all e-commerce companies in India. And they're calling it the Open Network for Digital Commerce or ONDC. It's a committee with bold-faced technocrats like Nandan Nilekani and R.S. Sharma and it's building a platform that aims to be a digital alternative to all the global e-commerce giants who are permanently in control of the market right now. ONDC's promise is that it's going to connect sellers to buyers, but purely on their own terms. And for consumers, well, it's everything you could want in one place. So the ONDC is kind of like the UPI, but for e-commerce. But unlike payments and UPI, the number of stakeholders in e-commerce are just far too many, and they're far too disorganized and unregulated. So the challenges of pulling off this centralized platform Maybe just too many. Hello and welcome to Unofficial Sources, a business podcast by The Ken. I'm Anushka Chikara. And I'm Alana Banerjee and we're your hosts. episode, we're taking a look into this ambitious plan for the world's largest e-commerce platform. India's attempt to show the world how a homegrown e-commerce platform can scale and compete with the biggies. According to sources, it's set to be launched on August 15th, 2022, and it may be just what India needs or become what it swears to destroy. Stay tuned. We called in Arundhati Ramanathan in to discuss her story that goes in-depth on this topic. It's titled, India's UPI-like move to upend Amazon, Flipkart, and all e-commerce. Arundhati is a fintech writer here at the Ken, and if you've been listening to our podcast, she was actually the first writer to be on our very first episode. Hey, Arundhati, thanks for coming back in. Always good to be back, Anushka. So let's just dive in, right? So when I read your story, and to be honest, it took me a few reads to understand it. It's quite abstract. Um, To me, it seems like this great concept, but kind of a utopian concept, like one platform for all e-commerce. Like it's something that will happen one day in the future, not exactly something that I can imagine myself using. So it's actually not that far removed from reality in a way. If you see in India, you already have just one platform for all your payment needs, which is uh, UPI, right? And mm-hmm. and on that platform today, you know, it records almost 3 billion transactions in a month. It is it is scaled to that kind of a, a level. So a similar platform is also being envisaged for healthcare and mutual funds and now even commerce. In a way, 
UPI has kind of given the confidence to the government to double down on this open and interoperable strategy. And as it is, the government has over 20 such open platforms. If you recall, COVID, which is our vaccination portal, right. uh, is one such open platform where, you know, any app can come and build on top of it. So, yes, a platform for all your commerce needs is actually no longer utopia. It is something that is rooted in past examples. Right. And before we even go much further, I just want to ask for the benefit of the listeners. Can you explain to us what exactly does an open and interoperable platform mean? Yeah, sure. Here, open means it is a common protocol that anyone can come and build on top of it. The idea is to democratize access to that particular infrastructure. That's why you have so many different payments apps that have built on top of the digital payments system UPI. That's why UPI has been so successful in some sense. Interoperable, on the other hand, means that no user or seller is logged to one particular app. So, for example, again, in UPI, as a user, you can transfer money to any person holding any kind of a bank account. That's what interoperability essentially allows for. So, in a sense, Arundhati, when we apply this lens to e-commerce, this open and interoperable system, that could potentially be really game-changing. But I wanted to understand, why is this kind of a platform even required? I mean, what are the gaps that we're addressing through NONDC? Right. So internet aggregators, be it Swiggy, Zomato, uh, Amazon or Oyo, right? All these companies over the last 10 years have showed the power of bringing traders, sellers, restaurant owners online and letting them fulfill demand by selling online, right? But somewhere along these years, these traders are also now wedded to these aggregators whose incentive structures are slowly beginning to hurt them because these companies are now transitioning from a growth mode, so to say, to to becoming more focused on revenue and profitability. So depending on the sector, the sellers end up paying these aggregators anywhere between 20 to 40% of uh, the order value as commissions. So now the idea with ONDC is to give these traders, restaurant owners, or any service provider for that matter, a digital alternative to the large aggregators, be it like Amazon or Uber or uh, Oyo. Yeah, and and to me it kind of, sorry to interrupt, but like to me it makes sense because even if we look at food aggregators, right, like food delivery, like platforms like Swiggy or Zomato, there's just a general climate of unrest between the platforms and the people that are working with them. The Ministry of Commerce set up ONDC, which starts for Open Network for Digital Commerce, as a body of nine senior executives with experience in building open and interoperable platforms. So they're overseeing the development of this interoperable platform for commerce. Now that we've kind of cleared up these basics for the platform, I'm wondering, Arundhati, how exactly does this work? So let's say for me as a customer, I'm excited to see when I can actually get to use it. But what will my experience be like? Could you visualize it for me? Yeah, for something like 
ONDC to come together, it needs a whole lot of stakeholders to be working together because it is essentially a type of infrastructure that needs to be put up. And the fundamental constituents of this network are a biofacing app, then you have sellers, then you have logistics providers, and a gateway which will route search requests between buyers, sellers, and logistic partners. Now imagine you're a customer and you're looking for a phone and you enter that in your biofacing app, any biofacing app, you enter that request. The gateway then kicks in and it broadcasts the search to all the seller platforms that are hooked onto this network. The interested sellers respond to this search request. The gateway then takes that and forwards those options to the buyer. The buyer then chooses the options, adds it to the cart. Now, a similar exercise happens between the seller and the logistics partner, where the seller chooses the right logistics partner to pick up the order. And voila, your order is on the way. Right. But here's the skeptic in me asking, why is that different from what an Amazon does for buyers and sellers? So companies like Amazon control the delivery, the returns experience, and they're also in charge of acquiring the customers. Here it is up to the seller to attract customers and choose the delivery partner in some sense. So this is an, a platform that is seller first, while those like uh, Amazon and Flipkart or even an Uber and Ola and all these companies are, are though they also position themselves as, as being, you know, uh, position to bring in more drivers and sellers, but they're primarily buyer first. I think that's the fundamental difference. And this network, this ONDC, right, it is meant to be an alternative to sellers who today have to play by the rules drafted by the aggregators. So the purpose of ONDC is to set up a more even playing ground for smaller and more diverse sellers against the giants of e-commerce. But is it possible that it might just end up doing the opposite? More on that right after this break. Hey, this is Arundhati here again. The story you're listening to has a lot more insights and inputs that I gathered when I reported and wrote this piece. There are inputs from our sources, some ONDC members, and also some brilliant charts and visualizations for some of these abstract concepts. So if you want to dive deeper into the story, we have unlocked it just for you. Our stories are usually available exclusively to our subscribers and priced at 590 rupees for non-subscribers. But for your special listeners of unofficial sources, you can now read it for free. Simply click through the podcast offer link in the show notes and access the story for free. Okay, so it seems to be a great concept, right? It connects traders to customers on their terms. And also for me as a customer, I get a lot of options all in the same place without having to search in different corners of the internet for something. Yeah, but the question is, are all of these options equal? What do you mean, are all options equal? 
okay imagine if you order some jewelry supplies right you like jewelry making so i don't know you you search for beads and you order beads and you see all of these sellers on the platform who look completely equal and you know serviceable but they're most likely not they're going to be differences in quality they're going to be differences in how quickly they can fulfill your order hmm. so what happens if you don't get the delivery you want yeah I mean, I think I'd live if some beads didn't get delivered, but I get your point, of course. What if it was something more valuable? Like what if I ordered a phone and it just didn't show up? So Arundhati, in that kind of a scenario, who do I talk to? Like who is held accountable for that? I think that's the fundamental issue that uh, this platform will need to address. So the Ministry of Commerce is talking about setting up a regulatory body for doing this for coming up with rules for uh, ONDC but the accountability will come from rules set up by sellers themselves but yes having too many stakeholders does muddle things a bit hmm so it sounds like the accountability factor isn't fully worked out right if it's not anyone's problem it's everyone's problem so i don't think customers are exactly going to be trusting this platform if that if that problem isn't sorted out and if there aren't many customers coming here then i think it's safe to say that there won't be any sellers on the platform so it sets up this kind of chicken and egg conundrum so arunati what is ondc's plan to maintain this balance between buyers and interested sellers correct um that is why even though ondc is supposed to be an alternative to the large aggregators they will in turn need those very large aggregators like the amazons and the ubers of the world mm. to be a part of this platform to right. actually bring in the customers with them okay all right but what is the incentive for an amazon or an uber to come onto this network right it's it's actually set up as competition against them it's an alternative to them so why would they choose to come on this platform that's that's a valid point uh, alana and in a way that is also the weakest link here in some sense because like you said it's a competing platform so why would they want to be here but i did speak to some of the large aggregators like a hyperlocal delivery company dunzo for instance which sees this as a separate business line altogether where they will only do deliveries so also the argument that ondc is putting forth is that you know when this becomes like a seller central the large aggregators will naturally come but but let's see okay and i'm pushing back a little on this but doesn't that defeat the purpose the whole idea of having a digital alternative to the big players is that you can avoid the whole you know uh, pitfall of deep discounts and predatory pricing and also any average customer would just go to an amazon or flipkart for these discounts and pricings right so what would make them use the platform anyway so the idea for the customer is that they will get a lot more choice than what she is getting today on the aggregators and if the sellers are going to get more users on ondc they can pass on some of the commissions that they are paying today to aggregators to the customers so cheaper prices theoretically could be on the annual but only if you have enough buyers and sellers the problem here is not just maintaining balance between buyers and sellers Ironically ONDC was created to fight monopolies but it will now have to confront the possibility of giving rise to new monopolies even on this platform the fear of some of these companies becoming big even on ONDC 
comes from the fact that it is these very large aggregators who have the capability and the muscle to attract customers. Not just that, the local seller will now have to compete with these large aggregators to attract customers now. So in a way, we're back to square one. So if monopolies are the thing that basically goes against the whole point of ONDC's platform, then they must have some kind of plan to prevent monopolies from kind of popping up on this network, right? Yeah, they'll end up creating some kind of a rule book to prevent uh, any one player from having too much market share. This is something that we saw even with UPI, right, where there was a rule that was made that no payments app should have more than 30% market share. Now, this is something that is yet to kick in, but that's the future that uh, we will see with UPI. So yeah, rules will be made to artificially curb monopolies. On paper, ONDC seems like the perfect plan, but it's more than that. It signals that India's digital commerce is transforming. The relationship between sellers, users, and platforms is changing. But in reality, whose problem is ONDC really solving? Sure, customers might get more choices, but are they guaranteed a quality product? Sellers will join to avoid predatory practices of e-commerce giants, but will they have the muscle and capital to attract scores of customers? And finally, for big e-commerce companies, ONDC wants to disrupt their monopolies, but it might just become another space for them to establish just that and feed into the problem that it's essentially trying to solve. On paper, the plan makes sense, but intended or unintended consequences, we'll have to see how it pans out. Hold up. 